They say that experience is the best teacher, and the best way to learn from experience is to learn from others who have already found success. For this season of the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast, Michael has lined up a great group of successful people who will share their stories of how they got started and some powerful lessons from their accomplishments. He'll also be introducing you to people who are just starting on their entrepreneurship journey to share what they've learned so far. Success is not just about money, and we'll meet some people who have been successful in very unique ways. Entrepreneurship is an exciting journey, and we're glad to be along for the ride with you. Here's your host, the guy who knows a guy, Michael Whitehouse. Hello, and welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy himself. With me today, I have Katie Elizabeth Chinakas. She is an artist and has been in the entertainment industry for two decades. Some of the creative ventures she's been part of, being on TV, film, and acting, voiceovers, music, podcasting, and articles she's written on Ariana Huffington's publications. Katie is currently the first NFT artist to release a poem on love on the blockchain, and she is also a published author who recently published her book called A Lover's Fairy Tale. So welcome, Katie. How are you? Hey, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. I am fabulous. I'm so happy to be here. And once again, I love the name of your podcast, and I can totally relate. Awesome. I love it. Yeah, I, I can't remember. I think originally my mother came up with the name for my book, and the book became the website, and the website became the brand name, and and it wasn't supposed to be a brand, but it uh, it worked so well, it just kind of stuck. Well, shout out to the mothers out there. You uh, you know, a mother knows best sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. And in this case, she did. Cool. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll give you the traditional first question. Katie, what makes you awesome? Awesome. Okay. Well, I think the thing that really makes me awesome is... I was born under these lucky stars. 11 my birthday. And oh, okay. yeah, I don't know if you, you know, study numerology and, you know, read about certain things in the world, but I've been on a spiritual path in this journey and it's been very sacred for people with, you know, with the number 11, the number one, the number eight for infinity. So I was born on my dad's birthday. And so I always tease him and I'm like, I'm the best birthday gift like you'll ever have. (laughs) And he's so sweet. And he was a cross country runner and he turned me on to cross country running. So I just felt like there was these these kinships ever since I was young, being born 11-11, being born on my dad's birthday. Um, and And then running cross country. And it just gave me this insight and foresight for short-term, medium-term, and long-term goals. And so I think that's some of the things that make me, like, really awesome. That's great. Yeah, and you, you've done quite a few things. Um, I, was, I was actually watching, uh, you know, I had some technical difficulties uh, before we started recording, so I, was, I took the moment to watch some of your reels on your website um, from, you know, TV shows that I have seen. And, and apparently one of those you said you shot here in Connecticut. Yes, yes. Oh, and just real quick to the listener tuning in. I love you. Hi. And thank you so much for your patience. If you hear any, um, you know, unusual sounds, I'm not in my normal setup right now. I'm traveling for work. And also, um, I have my sister's doggy, Stoa, (laughs) Stoa Homer, very Greek, Stoism. Mm -hmm. So um, if there's might be some natural sounds, but um, moving right along. feel more organic. Live to tape. Yeah, moving right along, we're just going to be raw and real with you, and that's why people tune in because they want they want that truth, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I was actually in Connecticut when I was uh, shooting a film called Righteous Kill with Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. 
And it was the first time they did a movie together, I think, since Heat. And I guess there was, you know, stuff within, you know, their own lives and career choices. But I was actually in that film together and my scenes were with them together. So it wasn't just I worked with De Niro and Pacino. I worked with them at the same exact time. Sweet. Yeah. Pretty awesome. It was really awesome. I loved Connecticut. I had a really great time there and. I went by the ocean and just the people were really cool. It's a beautiful place, I think, to grow up. So you've always had a lot of success in your career, you know, in various areas. How did you get, how did you get started with that? What what was kind of the first step that led you onto that path? Well, I guess the um, choice would be to, to go to California, to go Mm -hmm. where it was happening. Now it's different. You can really be anywhere in the world because everything is self tape. I mean, it's important to definitely be in a major market, but you can get started with actorsaccess.com, castingnetworks.com in your local area and put up headshots and submit to things that are local because of tax incentives. People are shooting, you know, so many different uh, places, Atlanta, mm-hmm. Texas, New Mexico. Um, so, but Connecticut occasionally. <laughs> yeah. When there's tax incentives, I don't know how it is right now, but um, um when I first started, it wasn't everything self-taping and online. So I made the choice. It was the choice to go to California and not knowing anyone, but just to show up. And I got into an acting class and I only, you know, met this one person one time. That's all it takes is someone to give you a great piece of energetic advice to say, oh, read this book, study with this Mm -hmm. person. So I was told to study with William Alderson, who um, was a actor, but then under Stanford Meisner, the Meisner technique, blue shirt, blue shirt <laughs> with the craft of acting. Um, Stanford Meisner told William Alderson, you need to teach. So he started becoming a teacher and then he opened up the Meisner studio in LA. Um, and that's Gordon Michaels, who was an actor and with Dylan McDermott and their best friends. Um, that's the one person that I met one time and who I knew, and he put me in William Alderson's acting class. And so right when I got there, I was just studying the craft of acting. And I was in that program, I think for about one year. Um, I went to Samuel French bookstore. There was a a booklet. I think they still have it to this day and it's $10 a month. There's one for managers. There's one for agents. And it's a publication that has to come out that someone curates. um, And it's, It tells you what the managers are looking for and they'll say like referral only on like the bigger agencies, you know, Um, or they'll say, you know, what they're looking for that and it changes month to month because of the types change and what people are looking for in TV and film changes and maybe their roster changes, you know, Um, especially in this world, everything's ever changing. So um, I would do a lot of research and read the books Truth by Susan Batson. But that's kind of how I got started. I just focused on the craft of acting and uh, surrounded myself. I was like a sponge and just soaking up all this information. And then immediately, not waiting, I obtained representation. I sought representation by getting those two books that I told you about. I sent out, now people just send emails, but I sent out actual 80 mailings. And I had maybe mm-hmm. like seven or eight calls. But all you need is one representation to send you out. As long, But then you have to do your due diligence and ask certain questions to make sure they have the relationship and the contacts to like not only represent you and shelf you, but actually get you appointments, you know, out in the field. It's a trust game because they get 10%. And 
you know, you, you, so you have to do the work. Actually, it's, it takes a lot of energy, work and drive consistency. But I, like I said, with my short term, medium term and long term goals, I think it gave me a beautiful way to kind of like sow seeds um, Mm -hmm. and then nourish them and then um, do these goals and then have the vision for what I wanted. But ultimately, my first role um, was CSI New York with Gary Sinise. And that was really prolific for my career. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And it's not kind of the key thing I heard there was that that you decided you were going to go into acting. You didn't decide to try it. You weren't going to, you weren't going to, you know, see what happened. You decided to go into acting, which meant going to California, learning the things you need to learn, taking the steps you need to take. And, and once you have the mindset, then, then other things tend to follow. Exactly. And I started locally where I was. So I dabbled in it and then I made the choice, like I'm going all the way. So Um, I just didn't, I always knew since I was really young though, that I wanted to be in entertainment. Um, I always had this broom and I was singing and often I reflect and I look back at that and I thought, oh, I'm singing because I want to be a singer, but I, my instrument, my voice with acting and stand up, making people laugh, entertaining that feeling. I, that, that was for, to be a role model, to be an inspiration, to be a motivational speaker. So now when I look back and see my those VHS tapes of me singing with the mic. It's not just because of singing. It's because of all the other things I just mentioned, you know, like having my podcast, being on your podcast, like things like this. Yeah. So um, they all start to add up. The important thing is just to take action, start messy, even if you don't know what you're doing, discover on the way. That's the exciting part. Start messy and just discover on the way. And when you try things out one day, you're like, I like that. Write it down. I don't like that. Remember that. Oh, I didn't like that. So just start taking note. I like that. I didn't like that. And just trust self and um, go with your intuition, right? And then if you don't know what that is, like go on a discovery of what that could be. You know, be curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that start messy concept. Just start doing things. And, you know, you're, you're never going to learn anything that matters without taking action. You can't, you, you can study for years and then you hit the world and realize everything you studied was wrong and you forgot the important stuff. It's how we break out of the imposter syndrome. And I've, mm-hmm. I have so many stories on that, but um, I know what it's like. And even to this day, I, but now what I do, because I, it's an interpersonal challenge, I'll like catch myself and I'll hack myself when I'm doing it. I'm like, oh, I said I wanted to do this. It's five months later. Okay. And I'll be like, okay, this is the hard stop for it. And I'm putting it out. Ready or not, I, I thought I was going to be out or not. So I'm just putting it out. And that's just the way it is. And then you let it go because then there, you create more energetic space to do something new instead of holding on to this thing. And then you, it's, you know, you're overanalyzing it and then, then it's staying in the closet. You're never putting it out. And it's like, it's an excuse mm-hmm. and it's just, it's, it's just hold you back. It'll hold yeah, me, and, it held me back. Yeah. And talk a little bit more about how you deal with imposter syndrome. Cause I'm sure, I'm sure that in the, the acting world, there's, you, you know, you watch other actors and you're like, oh my goodness, that person's incredible. I can never be that good. Um, uh, there's, yeah. there's a lot to compare to. So how, how do you deal with that? Mm, well, in the terms of acting, that would be another mindset, but something that comes up really quick is, um, when I release my poetry, when I made the choice to release a poetry book on world poetry day, um, I was actually releasing, um, my full house EP on Valentine's day. And I'm like, Oh, since I'm releasing the book in March, let me wait. 
no, I should have just released the EP on Valentine's <laughs> Day. I should have just left it alone. It was set to go. The music video, everything was set. The production, the mastering, the mixes, like everything was ready. But I stopped myself for myself. And that was just at the beginning of this year. Um, and then all of a sudden, like May came and I'm like, yo, I was so focused on the book. Like I, I'm sitting on these videos and this music that's been ready since last November, December. And I'm like, they're still not out. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm just making a date. And I'm just putting them out. So the next month, I just put them out on June, in June. Um, and that's kind of like a hack that I did when I was aware of it. Because we're unconscious. We don't know. It's mm -hmm. just we have these like automatic systems that are just going. It's like driving a car on automatic. You're not thinking like certain yep. things. You just you're on autopilot. So I just it just kind of like hit me. And that happened a lot in my life because I do so much. It's like I just don't realize like, oh, like that's just been sitting there. But if I would have moved this energetic mountain other train tracks could have been like further ahead. And it's just, mm -hmm. you're only, that's why they say you're only as strong as your weakest link. Right. Mm -hmm. um, that's why it's really important to have a, a support team, emotional support team. And I guess that could pivot into the imposter syndrome of for acting and, and any other profession and, and something that we're interested in is, uh, you know, having a good emotional support team, because then instead of being stuck and isolated with your own thoughts and feelings and our own fears and limitations that could be holding us back, sometimes when we just blah, like get it out and just talk mm -hmm. to someone in a safe space about it, who's not going to, who's just going to listen where they're not going to like tell you what to do. Cause most people don't want to be told what to do. Even if they're asking, they kind of don't, they just want to be heard. They're frustrated. They're irritated. They just want to sort it out. They just, it's all tangled. So if we could just find someone we could talk to or if we don't have that trusted source, um, you know, we could journal about it and write it out as long mm -hmm. as we get it out and we have a clarity and just keep writing it. And then you go, let's say you're, you're making a choice to write for 10 days or 20 days or whatever. I write for 40 days when I journal. I make a commitment for 40 days and then I go mm -hmm. back and I circle all the key, same things I kept saying, like toes in the sand, toes in the sand. So it was like, oh, this means I need to get to the ocean. My body's wanting me to like be in nature. It might just not be toes in the sand, but it's saying like energetically, I need to get to homeostasis and realign with nature and, mm -hmm. you know, get out of maybe being so isolated on the electronics all the time. So when you have that intuitive hit or something that you write down, it's, it's your guides, it's your inner voice trying to be heard with all the noise happening. We have 60 to 70,000 thoughts per day, according to Dr. Joe Dispenza, 90% of those thoughts are the same thoughts because of mm -hmm. the autopilot. We wake up, oh, I'm brushing my teeth. I'm looking at my phone. I'm starting to remember I'm Michael again. I'm starting to remember who I am, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's why I love writing at nighttime to deplete and empty the cup. And then I love writing in the morning where things are afresh. Yeah, oh, I like that. Um, so I want to uh, switch gears. I, look, I was looking at the, the bio I read for you and realized there's a a sentence in that that some people listening to might be like, what does that mean? Um, being the first NFT artist to release a poem on, <clears throat> on love on the blockchain. Hopefully most people know what like artist poem and love mean, but many people may not know what NFT and blockchain, well, yeah. probably a lot of people know blockchain, but NFT is a very new concept. So talk a little about um, your poem on the blockchain and, or your NFT poem. Sure. I, I, it, so is the poem on the blockchain or is the poem on the topic of the blockchain? Um, it's on the blockchain. It's on OpenSea. Uh, it's okay. A, it's an NFT. is a non-fungible token. It's wild because I'm so deep in it since 2018. I was just sucked mm -hmm. into it. I was DJing all these parties in LA and New York. I like 
downtown LA, the art events. I had an, there was an art show and nine pieces of my work were in it with, you know, a collective and it was selling for crypto. And um, it was all so over my head. I just, it was like a lot, but I was a part of the synergy and what was going on, which was really exciting. So I was learning. And then I just kind of like went left field and I just kind Mm -hmm. of, you let things breathe. And and then during the pandemic, it came full circle. And then Blau, he did something revolutionary in the music industry where um, he repackaged his album that released three years ago. And it went for, I think, like over 16 million on the, on the blockchain. And so um, a lot of artists are putting their work on the blockchain. And there's so many different ones you can be a part of. So... Um, I like Matic. It's environmentally friendly, you know, Mm because some people are talking about, you know, the environment. And um, and so I want to be conscious in that respect. But Mm -hmm. it's it's still very new. Um, A lot of people don't, I guess, know about it yet. And I guess it's still very new. And but a lot a lot of people are talking about it. A lot of people are taking crypto. I saw someone just buy a car in crypto not Mm -hmm. too long ago, like the other day last week. But Um, the thing is, I guess the simplest way to explain it is if you're going to a concert, everyone's sitting, you know, really, really far back or, you know, semi good seats or pretty good seats with a view or up front or they have VIP and super exclusive is like, oh, I have backstage passes to meet Katy Perry or something like that. Right. Or you Mm -hmm. have backstage passes to see your favorite artist. And then. You get to like hang out with them in a lounge room or something like that. It's it's an experience. So now with everything being paperless and um, having something rare and unique and one of a kind on the blockchain uh, from my uh, published poetry book, I took the first poem and I released it on the blockchain so someone can buy it and it's one of one. Yeah, you can have it when you get the book or you can read it when you go to open sea you can actually read the poem and see it with the artwork which makes mine super rare is that it's not only an original poem but it's coupled with this artwork i did with robert sturman who's the artist uh, in the book there's 14 images and it's done by polaroid which was discontinued in 2001 it's super rare like mm-hmm. the original polaroid and so it's the poem coupled with the artwork and it's it's one of one so someone who buys it it's for them only and they get to own that and then there's an an unlockable where whoever buys it then you can see what the unlockable is and it can be anything it can be anything so it's very creative but people are doing it with video games and sports and you can do Mm -hmm. it with anything so you can do it with your podcast people are releasing nfts with podcasts And um, so some people can't bridge the connection, you know, with what's happening, but it's revolutionary. It's really exciting. Um, Yeah. So it's Mm -hmm. it's fun to see all the different projects happening right now. The sense I have is it's kind of like, you know, if you're to buy a piece of art, you know, the Mona Lisa. Yeah. Um, in which you have the physical Mona Lisa, you know, in a vault somewhere and there's copies of it everywhere. So everyone can still look at it. but you've got the physical thing. And instead of having the physical thing, you have the NFT of the thing. So you own the idea without possessing and hiding away the idea for, for a lot of these NFTs. Is that 
kind of how it works? Exactly. Um, in addition, not to confuse things, some people not only give you the, the NFT, right? But some people offer the physical. So it could be mm. possible that, oh, you're getting the, the JPEG, essentially. Uh, but you could also have the physical too. It depends on the artist um, or the person who's releasing the NFT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's really a great way to kind of own. Because like, oftentimes it's it's you know I th- this is the baseball that I I got at the game that I went to. It's a baseball like any other. There's nothing physically different about it. It's it's more symbolically different. So NFT is just kind of taking that symbolism out of the physical object, which then creates a market for all kinds of things you couldn't have a market for otherwise. Which I think is a really cool, you know, really cool concept. You know, I I I own I own the NFT of Katie's first film appearance. Which, you know, there's nothing to own there except for the concept of it. And if someone's a super fan of yours, they might want to own your first film appearance, for example. I don't yeah. think it's an NFT, but you could NFT that. So Yeah, you definitely. And, uh, well, it depends because with, like, Paramount and Fox, it depends if they own the certain rights. So it, it gets very tricky well, yeah, yeah, yeah. when it comes. Well, not necessarily the scene, the yeah. actual appearance, the moment of appearance. Right. I mean, um, it, it could, yeah. It could it's even... kind of whatever you write into it. Yeah, it could even be like an autograph, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the thing is, if you look at, if we think for a moment, a lot of people hoarding and having all these materialistic objects, I feel it's mm-hmm. better for the environment. It's like psychologically knowing you own the rights to something, but it's not piled up in your basement. like, Or yep. it's like, it's not like you have 50 pairs of sunglasses. Like you need like mm-hmm. one or two nice, quality, like you have beautiful glasses on. You just need one or two quality pair of sunglasses or glasses in case you know something happens but you don't need a lot of people have like 50 it's like you know i've been to so many estate sales in beverly hills and stuff and like you go and it's like there's like 200 of something or like 100 of something we don't need all of those it's just it's just too much so i think it's it's less materials in the world that we actually don't need like being digital being paperless Mm -hmm. you know so i think i really like the concept for that reason as well yeah, I like that. So, so in addition to being on the the cutting edge of of economic science uh, and film, you also do uh, looks like music and comedy. Um, so now, you, so you did a a series over the the lockdown comedy series. Yeah, in March 2020, when everything locked down, my my head just went down, and I'm just like, create. And I just I produced, directed, and acted in uh, couples therapy. I created it. Um, with Alessandra Levy and Nikki Scorpio, and we were East Coast mm-hmm. to West Coast, and no one could see each other. We, we were inside. We didn't know what was going on. We were being safe and smart for ourselves and others. And so um, on Zoom, we created a lockdown comedy web series, and then we shot season one, two, three. Season one and two are up on YouTube, the Sophisticated Psychos YouTube channel. And then we put it on the train tracks for the film festival circuit so it could be seen internationally because everything's hybrid and everything's, you know, was how it is. Um, And so a lot of the film festivals were going virtual. So people like Judd Apatow and directors, producers, executives, where they go to look for new films and new content, they go to the film festivals, not only seeing what's online, but they look at film festivals, which we're all playing online. So um, we put it out there internationally Italy, Australia, India, and we have over 25 official selections. We won about 16 so far. I won Best Director and Best Actor for three so far. And so I'm really excited and proud because um, from my improv skills, from my Mm stand-up skills, producing skills, from the partnership I had 
you know, with Alessandra and Nikki over the last five years, we've birthed and created series and projects together and music. We were able to get together and do something very creative and eliminate any hoops that we would have to jump through just so we could just create. And so while everyone else was doing whatever they were doing, um, I was just creating some funniness through the stressful times and then putting it out there. And then we found it to be very relatable because people, we all went through the same thing, you know? So it was kind of mm -hmm. like, have a laugh at, you know, there's a famous quote, I think it's by Shakespeare. I'm, I'll like fragment it, but it's something about, you know, if you can't see the comedy and the tragedy, life's like really like a death threat or like tragedy, but it, yeah. you have to, we get to find the funny and the humor in the most tragic moments. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and so, so where can someone find, you said it's called Couples Therapy? Yeah. Couples Therapy. Uh, season one and two are on YouTube. We're going to release season three shortly here. And then we have uh, music on SoundCloud, MixCloud, all the streaming platforms uh, under the Sophisticated Psychos. And we put quantum physics in our music. We teamed up with Subtle Energy Sciences and they put quantum physics in our music the first EP I released was um, October, my solo EP was October 20th, 2020, um, called Hypnotic Energy. And it has 639 healing frequencies, which uh, from, it's for forgiveness. So I had to do mm -hmm. a lot more forgiving of myself. And it was a time to reflect and you know, like forgive my circumstances, all my life choices, and just kind of have a new clean slate. And I felt like on a planetary level, we all needed to do a lot more forgiving of one another. So um, then my vessel shifted to removing guilt and fear. So I released another full house EP, uh, in June, um, uh, with 300, 396 healing frequencies, which removes guilt and fear. And so I just kind of been going with my, my body, the intelligence of my body and of, of where I am being a mirror reflection for others of how they could feel too, and relate to like who I am and what I'm expressing through art and music. And so I'll, okay. yeah. So you mentioned, you mentioned uh, quantum physics in your music. Yes. And how, how is, um, how, how does, how does quantum physics apply to music? So um, everything is sound. Everything is a language. Um, the words, the vibrations, all the energetic things that you're hearing right now that's going into, you know, um, our, our ears, our sensorial mm -hmm. beings, um, you know, has an uh, impact on us, whether we're aware of it or not. So we're impacted by just even noise pollution and what we watch mm -hmm. and who we surround ourselves with. It's a collective energetic vibration. So we're shifting and evolving whether we know it or not, but attuning to frequencies for forgiveness or for healing, um, you know, I think supports and helps um, with the quantum physics to have us vibrate at a higher level, have us vibrate and in tune with the quantum infinite. And, you know, Nikki introduced me to Eric Thompson at Subtle Energy. So they have the website, Subtle Energy Sciences, if anyone wants to tune in there and see more about Subtle Energy Sciences. And on Instagram, they're subtle underscore energy. Um, but I'm a healer. So um, as a DJ, I did, you know, I grew up in the DJ underground music scene. And I studied at a DJ music school at, in 2016 to find out what kind of DJ I am. And I felt like I, even before I DJed, I felt like I had a social responsibility, uh, responsibility as one of God's angels 
to be impactful for others. So when I DJ, um, like what kind of music am I playing? Not only for me to entertain others, but after their, their, their experience of the now is in my hands through the music I play in front of hundreds mm-hmm. of people and they leave in their cars or they go home and it's an experience. They're going to feel something after. I just went to this concert. I just went to this event. The music was really good. You're going to have a more enriching, enlightening experience. You're going to be feeling good vibes and it's going to be a ripple effect to keep on doing positive, happy things. If you're going to an event and they're like playing all these things, you know, and it's like, then you're like, I feel like kind of icky or gross after that didn't add any Mm -hmm. value to my life. Or I'm just walking around unconscious and numb numb and just drinking and doing things that quote unquote insecure people do, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's like, you're just gonna, that's my responsibility of how people feel, then they're going to go into their lives after that experience with me and listening to music. And like, it's a ripple effect of how they feel. So if I can attune someone If I meet you for two minutes, five minutes, Mm -hmm. you know, five years, but I have a ripple effect and it's going to affect you on a vibratory level, on an energetic level to inspire you for your life. That's my goal. And when I do that as an individual and other healers and people are intentional and they do it as individuals, then collectives come together. Then we move together, you know, instead of Mm -hmm. being individuals, we come, even though we're individuals, we come together collectively. So we can all move in a positive, heroic state together if we want to. It's it's about our intention and what we want for our lives. You know, not everyone wants to do some big grand thing. It doesn't have to be it. That's why it's called subtle energies. It's a subtle shift in your mm-hmm. energy, whether you're tuned to it or not. Yep. And uh, yeah, I love that concept. And, you know, as we're talking, um, you know, you obviously do many, many things, uh, which which, you know, sounds a bit like me. I actually recently wrote about how how my lack of focus, which seemed like a weakness after 20 years, has turned into a strength. I now have all these connections. I know all these different things. And it sounds like you've you know you've done the same thing that you're not you're not just an actress or just a singer or just an artist or just a poet. You're doing all these different things: DJing, comedy, the the whole the whole range. Um, do you ever get get pushback? People being like, "Hey, why are you all over the place? Why don't you focus in on something?" Uh, not so much now. Um, but all growing up nonstop because, mm-hmm. because we, we live in a multidimensional world and I've always felt and have been that way. And mm-hmm. other people, it's, you go, you go to, you go to school, you get your degree, you do that one thing, you have a nine to five, you do that one thing. And I understand the execution of doing one thing and doing it really well. Cause like energetically, when you say yes to something, you're saying yes to a whole domino effect of other things, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the power of yes, but also the power of no. So then you can stay focused on your goal. Like for me with dabbling and doing everything I've done, which I'm so excited about, now I'm very focused on um, becoming a household name in TV and film and being a lead on a, a voiceover animation series, you know, on a union network. So these are my main goals. And since I know these are my main goals, anything that adds accessories, anything that adds value to that, that's my core. Anything else is maybe like a hobby or something fun I can do. And Mm -hmm. I've explored those things and those things are fun, but I chose to stay energetically connected to these one or two things. Um, However, I was a rebel when I was a kid and Mm -hmm. I didn't listen to people. And I'm like, I'm going to do what I want to do. And I'm happy I did because 
if I didn't experience those things, I know I would have been the age I am now or older and regret it. And I've seen so many people when I was younger, I was mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. sensitive to watching my elders and seeing the people out there and hearing some things on the news. And people were so robotic in the same cycle and they couldn't break out of their own entrapment. And they were so unsatisfied and so bored out of their mind and had so much regret. And I didn't want to have regret. And I really mm -hmm. didn't know. I just had to have this hope and the faith that I, I didn't know what it was going to look like, but I knew I just had to take action and follow that voice and just start messy and just to go for it and go all the way and not judge myself. And my motto is just do it. Nike, um, the Greek word to win. My, I had the swoosh. It was orange and like a black swoosh and it was just do it. And so I made the choice like just to do it. Like no matter what anyone says, just do it. And I found the hard way when you want to do something, just do it. Because when you talk about it, you deflate it. When you talk about it, you lose mm -hmm, the energy. Mm -hmm. When you talk about it, people start putting their vibes and their voices and their energetic things onto your beautiful white canvas of your pure intention of what you want to do. And it makes it messy. And then you get twisted and confused. And then you're just like this tree swaying back and forth. But if you're an oak tree, if you want to do something and you're an oak tree and nothing can sway you to the left or to the right, they just blow past you, you know? So mm -hmm. it's really important to just stay focused and do what I want. And I think that's where I had a lot of issues while I was growing up and doing the, some things that I wanted to do. Sometimes I would explain it to people because I was so excited, but it wasn't reciprocal. The energy wasn't reciprocal because yeah, yeah, yeah. they didn't get the vibe of what I was doing or they mm -hmm. had their preconceived notion. Um, oh, that won't happen. That won't happen. Or mm -hmm. they heard, or they were just so jaded by their own life and experience that their own inner flame was already burnt out. You can't like try to get them excited because they're not excited. You yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's three great takeaways from what you're saying there. Um, the, the first one is, is to just do it. And so for people who are early on, they're like, I'm not even sure what I want to do, but I'm kind of drawn to do, go, go, make it happen. Um, and even if, even if it doesn't work out, it'll lead you somewhere else. If you quit your job and try something and it doesn't work out, you probably won't end up on the street. You'll probably end up, you know, driving Uber um, or, you know, working some other job or doing something, but, but it's, it won't be catastrophic. Just try it. And then the other thing you started with was having that focus that you've got that target in the future. And maybe you do know, maybe you don't know how to, how you're going to get there, but you got the focus of, you know, you want to be a voice actress. You want to have uh, be a household name and, and then looking at everything and saying, will this advance towards that goal? Will this advance towards the goal? And maybe the DJing will, maybe the comedy will, maybe, and you try all these things, but they have that one unifying focus and it's okay to be all over the place as long as it all has the same the same core focus and it's all working towards the same ultimate goal. Yeah, under the umbrella of like like it's mm -hmm. like she's all over the place podcast is my podcast and it's like oh yeah, she's all over the place but I'm all on I'm all over the place under the umbrella of art, under the umbrella of ethics, morals and values, under the umbrella mm -hmm. of exploration and creativity, which can be very broad and it is. So why limit myself when life is limitless? Why limit myself when being here is such a gift and we all have the gift just to be here. Just being here is such a beautiful gift. And when we just get to that simplicity of the breath and the gift of being here and, and exploration, like it's the egoic mind of the vision of where I want to go. So it's like I have a vision of where I want to go, which is a tool and an anchor to lead me on a path, but then allowing nature to take its course and enjoying the unexpected along the way, unhooking from attachment, unhooking from control, because those things with control, those things from attachment 
just make us tight and limitless, make a make mm-hmm. us limited and brings in the fear. So like being a part of the journey and allowing the process and the evolution of life is a part of why we're here. And what I would like to say is a lot of people in their mind right now are listening or someone could say, and I've heard them say in the past, it's like, oh, well, you know, I'm not 15 or, you know, I'm not fresh out of school and, you know, I've already had my career. So it makes it more difficult because one has had more thoughts. One has had maybe another decade or another two decade or another four decades. You know, they're like, oh, well, like, mm-hmm. like I'm 50 now or I'm 60 now because I was in, you know, the spiritual liberation class with at Michael Bet with Agape at, in Culver City. And there were all these people in their 70s and 80s and 50s. And they looked at me like I was like this 19 year old. They're like, how are you here? Like, you know, because it was all like so many people who were like older than me. Um, But it doesn't matter on the age. It's wanting to show up and do the work and getting to know self, know thyself, getting to know the self and going on the internal journey, no matter what age you are and dismantling your old canvases, dismantling your old self, your old life, your past relationships, your past jobs, they they don't exist. They're not here anymore. And if you want to unhook and dismantle those, make the conscious choice that I want to dismantle these. But then there's the domino effects, but this and this about money and that and that. But just take one step at a time, one step at a time mm-hmm. to dismantle those things and then create a space of a new white canvas, new space for new energy to come in and start planting one step at a time, one day at a time, one new thing. I want green juice. That's going to, you know, make me think better, feel better, be Mm -hmm. better for my internal organs. Even if it's starting with the juice, you're showing the universe that you're taking action for health. Even if it's going for a long walk for one mile or four miles or five miles, you're being in nature, you're getting grounded with nature and we're showing the universe that we're showing up for ourselves. We're building our third chakra, our self-worth, our confidence. And even if it's something small that I'm going to go down and get the mail or I'm going to do a load of laundry, when you don't do it, you, you hit your self-esteem. I'm worthless. I can't even do that. I can't even do the laundry. That's how weak you are. And that's how people destruct. But if you say, I'm going to do the laundry and I'm going to go get the mail and you do it, you're like, your little voice like, oh, I did it. I did the laundry. I'm proud of myself. And you feel good. And you start doing those little bids for yourself. And you start collecting the good bids. And then we build up our self-worth and self-esteem. And it's like, F what everyone else thinks. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. It's about how I feel. It's my gift to live this life, even in our circumstances of what other people put onto us. Now it's our choice to say, it doesn't matter what other people put onto those. I'm going to take those things I'm going to learn from them because it's a it's a big red flag of what I don't want. But now I know mm-hmm. what I don't want. I'm going to go what I what I to explore for what I do want. I love it. I, I love the attitude, the energy that that uh, yeah. You you really so a lot of a lot of people I talk to they have this the the key is clearly mindset. And as a coach, I can hear it and I'm like, oh, they did a mindset shift and now things happened. But people who are not familiar with that will listen to that and be like, so you changed your mind? It's not that easy. I don't know how to do that. And I think you've kind of explained a bit of it better than a lot of uh, a lot of others have. So, so as I'm always saying, my I kind of build my podcast a curriculum so I can point to an episode and say, "Hey, listen to that one because you'll learn this thing." So this is going to be one of my like mindset shift. Listen to listen to Katie's episode because she's going to explain a lot of the stuff that people need to hear. So that's been that's really great. 
Thank you. Um, Thank you. And I do the same thing with mine. It's like, oh, if you want to know about independent music or if you want to know about voiceovers or you want to know about quantum physics or healing, mm-hmm. you know, or, or traveling or, you know, the, the networking or anything psychological, I can, you know, say this one would be really good for you, this podcast. And I, you know, I have clients that I coach and for entertainment and it's like short term, medium term, long term goals, having the foresight, yep. planting the seeds for the garden it's the same thing. And it's what you said for coaching. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, I sought mentors and I got coaches at a young age. My dad was my coach. I ran cross country. So naturally I went into the world being wanting to be around other people who had more than me, who were smarter than me, who, you know, were quote unquote more successful than me. So I, I could anchor and I had someone to look up to or uh, a path forward and that's why people are probably tuned into this podcast as well. So that can be that shift of inspiration for them. So that's why we're here together. You and me, mm-hmm. we're here for the listener. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. So uh, this has been an awesome podcast. I could could probably talk to you for another hour or two, but uh, try to keep it shorter so people actually listen to it uh, <laughs> in that, that uh, accessible range. Um, but, but yeah, so much great stuff we've had in there. I really appreciate it. Um, but before I let you go, do you have any final comments? And then we'll share your website. So people can find you. Oh, sure. Um, um, something that comes up is Caroline Mice, M-Y-S-S. She's a mystic intuitive. Um, she has audiobooks on Overdrive. It's uh, the Overdrive app. It's free. You just put mm-hmm. in your library code and she has like 10 to 13 audiobooks you can listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, Gabor Mate, um, M-A-T-E. Uh, he, The Wisdom of Trauma. I feel like it's really important. I binged him for 16 hours. Like you could just, you know, binge him. Mm-hmm say anything with Caroline Mice, but understanding trauma and understanding what's going on internally. And then it's like this new like blanket that comes up to understand Mm -hmm. like what's happening internally with self and not making it this stigmatized thing of like, oh, don't talk about it or I'm so scared of it. It just kind of um, eliminates a lot of the fears and anticipations I feel people are having with themselves right now. And by doing Mm -hmm. that, understanding this information and applying this information internally, I think then we have more compassion and understanding for other people. So when we show up to an event or a party, instead of like when they walk away judging like, oh my God, I can't believe they just said that or like judging them or comparing them to yourself or to others in a room with only hearing them speak for like maybe two minutes or five minutes, I think it will give people a more in-depth understanding that most people don't know what's happening within them. And most people, and how are we going around saying things about other people when they don't know what's happening within them and we don't know what's happening within ourselves. So I feel it's a, this is a great way to do, digest and do some internal work so we can all live happier, healthy lives together collectively while we're here. Awesome. Yeah. And so how can people uh, can follow you and and get in touch with you. Oh, my last name is Chinakis. So just my website, chinakis.com. And I have a loversfairytale.com as well. If people want to put in their email and I have an automation set up so we can stay connected. Fantastic. Well, it's been great to have you on the show. And uh, I'm sure people are going to get a lot of that, lot out of this. So thank you very much. Oh, I, oh, thank you, Michael. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Take good care. Bye. This has been the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast with your host, Michael Whitehouse. This great theme song is by Patrick Howard. If you found this valuable, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast. Find the full archive of all episodes at guywhoknowsaguy.com slash podcast. Check out my other podcast, Morning Motivation. 
It's a daily podcast of two to five minutes with a powerful hit of motivation and inspiration to get your day started. Morningmotivation.fun or search for Morning Motivation wherever you listen to podcasts. Join the community online in the Morning Motivation Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Morning Motivation Podcast. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect, jv-connect.com. That's jv connectcom December 12th and 13th, 2023. We'll see you there.